0: You're listening to the Fluid Fan Podcast, brought to you by Sports Innovation Lab.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the Fluid Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Ruggiero, four-time Olympian and CEO and co-founder of this great company, Sports Innovation Lab. If you don't know us, we uh, study the fan. We're, we're big nerds. We like to figure out where the Fluid Fan is, hence the name of the podcast. So thank you for joining us today. I um, want to welcome my producer, co host Jack Barlow, what's going on?
0: Not much, Ange. happy to be here. You know, I I always thought those extra math classes and reading classes in high school was going to label me a nerd for a while, but turns out it actually paid off. So we we like being nerds.
1: No, you got to own who you are. It's all about owning who you are. I'm a big nerd, too. I, you know, I'm a Harvard geek, so like, It's fun though, you know, no,
0: it is, it is know yourself, know your worth and and we try to know fans. So it kind of all works nerds out
1: aggregate. Yeah. Nerds aggregate, know the fan, put it, put it to good use in the sports industry.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. And, uh, you know, we have a great guest today, uh, excited to, to welcome him on shortly, but before we dive in, you know, you've been traveling, you've been going to different conferences. Can you give the listeners a look into, you know, we'll play the game. Where in the world has Angela Ruggiero been lately?
1: And thank you for pronouncing my name correctly, Jack, after all these years. I love- oh, not that you haven't, but
0: I was going to say, I hopefully I have it down like- by now. <laughs>
1: it's like crystal clear. Ruggiero, there you go. Uh, no, I've had fun. Um, It's picked up quite a bit. Pace mm. of business. Everyone I've talked to, it's picked up. I was in New York about a week ago doing uh, Julie Foudy's ESPN laughter permitted podcast, which was a, 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 it was actually a lot of fun. I did it with Phaedra Knight, the fellow women's sports foundation president. So we, we, and by the way, she's in her fifties and she's like in an insane amount of shape. You don't have faith. Yeah. Like Google her. Like I was blown away. The woman is just like, I
0: know. And, and you were all were on stage for that too. Right.
1: Yeah. And I just feel, okay. I was a four-time Olympian, but I'm like, I would get my ass. kicked. Right now. <laughs> she's Ugh. in like ridiculous shape training for, for MMA. So. Oh, wow. Um, anyway, that was, a fun, that was a fun podcast. But then I went to LA. We had our LA 84 foundation. I got to speak, talk about, it's the legacy fund for the LA 84 Olympics. Renata from for the CEO there invited me and in. um, Yeah, I got to talk about why youth sports is amazing and uh, what we should be doing to keep Title IX alive. So that was fun. And, and they had a really fun night actually that night with uh, our women's executive board.
0: Yeah, the dinner, how was that? It's
1: pretty good. I mean, we're all about networking and, and bringing people together. It, it felt like the old boys club. It was all the girls in the room hanging out, yep, <laughs> having yep. a few drinks and talking about the future of sports. So yeah, we're all one to of a tour. I went to Wimbledon for a day, saw Billie Jean King and Wimbledon folks and a bunch of other people, and then and then spent the day at the W Series. So you know F1 because you're- I do. You love
0: yes. Yeah, I'm- I'm an, Thanks to the pandemic, maybe one silver lining is I became an F1 junkie. So, uh, yeah, I was excited to hear about
1: this. Was it because of the Netflix series?
0: Yeah. Drive to survive. I'm totally bought in at this point. I, I mean, I knew F1 before watching that series and and I know it has, it's, you know, the drivers may not get portrayed the way they do, but it's a great behind the scenes look and I totally bought in. And now, you know, Sunday afternoons, I'm tuning into F1 races around the world.
1: So you're you're one of them, yeah, yeah. Well, I was definitely fangirling because um, I had similar to you. I was not. I've never followed F1 until yeah. watching that, and I actually got to go. I was there with Puma, wherever it was our it was one of our clients, and uh, she invited me, and I was like, ah, oh, yes, please. They sponsored the W Series. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to know what that is, it's the equivalent to F1, but for the women. But their cars are standardized. So rather than like spending the millions of dollars to beef up your car, they standardize. Everyone gets basically the same engine. And so the best driver wins, yeah.
0: Okay. Hmm, okay. Different than the F1 model. Then that's I didn't know that, that's a good little tidbit there.
1: Yeah, so the, the W series, if you Google it, I was, yeah. I was one, I got to be on the track and I was like, this is, this is cool. Mm-hmm. I don't usually get excited about sports. I feel like I'm a little um, spoiled.
0: Yeah. Guess, well, you also, you like to drive fast. I know that too. Oh so. my
1: God. I was like, <laughs> I wish I was 20 years younger. I would totally play this sport.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I, I could see you zipping through a couple so of different cars. Yeah. That'd be great. I'm, I'm sure that's anyway, all time. right.
1: Well, enough about me. I've just had yeah. fun lately, like being back in sports. Like this is what it's all about. We talk about the technology driving it and I've been able to see a few events recently um, mm-hmm. and headed to the WNBA this weekend, the all-star weekend
0: exactly yeah chicago that's the perfect segue if you will we got WNBA cmo phil cook on the show today
1: yeah he's uh he's pretty amazing i've known phil for probably 20 years now yeah, yeah over 20 years actually he was he was a part when he was at nike we'll get into it um mm-hmm. he knew me when i was a you know a rookie on the olympic team back in 98 so um really excited to talk to Phil today, uh, they're coming, you know, off their 25th season. We're going to talk about some of the major partnerships. The league has fostered recently, uh, with companies like Google Coinbase. We'll get the inside scoop from Phil over, um, some of his innovation plans and, uh, and really what's in store for the WNBA moving forward. So Phil cook, the CMO of the WNBA on today's fluid fan podcast.
0: Yeah. Let's get right to it.
1: All right, let's go. It's going to be a fun one. Um, I, like I said, love this guy, known him for a while, and he's doing big, big things with the W. So uh, without further ado, Phil Cook, Fluid Fan Podcast. All right, welcome to the Fluid Fan Podcast with none other than, drum roll please, Chief Marketing Officer, the WNBA, Phil Cook, welcome to the show. Hey,
2: thanks, Angela. Thrilled to be here.
1: I'm excited! This has been a long time coming. I've been trying to get you on yeah. for a while. We know each other though. Just to start off, we we go we go pre W pre Nike like we have a we go, history together.
2: We go way back. <laughs> I was a fan of Angela decades ago. I'm gonna I'm gonna date us right here. Right? I'm gonna age us right here. Yeah, our first interaction came when when you were skating with the USA Hockey, your first ever Olympics out in Nagano, Japan. And I was there making sure that your jersey fit okay and that yeah. your socks were pulled up and, and <laughs> that you were representing, you know, the red, white, and blue with the swoosh on it uh, appropriately. You, so, and I
1: just have to, so again, I thought the the swoosh on the hockey equipment for the first time was the coolest thing ever because everyone knows Nike. Yeah. You know, you got the sneakers and you got the gear, but hockey players don't get to do that. We're, we're like traditional brands. And I was like, oh my God, I get to wear the swoosh. And I remember taking those that gear and skating at a local rink and I was the first to have it I'm like yeah. oh yeah look yeah. at that and I was like what is that I'm like my USA stuff Nike <laughs> it's
2: a big deal right it was it was a disruptive it was fun. time certainly in, in the hockey business and and you know Nike getting into that space back then yeah it was amazing and and you know we picked the fun. right we picked the right team to, to to put a bet on you guys did okay uh,
1: so <laughs> I remember correctly we did. We had gold medal. So, uh, so thank you for your vision and support and the team and all the cool gear, which I still have in my attic and, you know, can hold on one day for, for grand babies. But so you spent 24 years at Nike, you're the senior brand director, concepts and consumer go to market was your last official role there. But tell me yeah. about how you got to where you are today, being the CMO, it makes perfect sense. If you look at your Nike background and everything you did to, to glow that brand globally, for those that don't know, Phil, tell us, how you got to where you are today.
2: Well, I'll be brief as, as, as brief as I can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Nike was an opportunity. I, I was in the hockey industry. I was working for Bauer up in Toronto. Uh, Nike acquired Bauer, brought me down uh, to get them jump-started into the hockey business. And, and my first job was working with the elite athletes uh, in the world of hockey, including yourself. And I learned a lot. The first few years of Nike, you really learn to truly be in service of the athlete, and you know, capital A athlete like yourself, and small A athlete like the consumer, and and those who are out there, you know, playing for fun, and and I learned a lot about what it takes to always have the athlete in mind as you're making decisions, whether it be through product or marketing or anything else, and that's kind of the ethos of how Nike is is where it is today, and the. You know, stratosphere of of sports and and sports marketing and product, and and they've always put the athlete at the center of everything they did. So, you know, my career at Nike went went long, as you mentioned, over twenty years in sports mm-hmm. marketing and product. with the last ten to fifteen years in in brand marketing, and and that really you're really in service of the consumer in that point of your your career when you're when you're creating brand campaigns with the consumer at the center of your of your messaging and a lot of the work i did there was kind of twofold one in the in the basketball space did a lot of marketing on the basketball side and then i had the fortune to do a lot of marketing on the women's side and for nike that was a growth opportunity to really you know understand and 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 better serve the female athlete and those two things the basketball history and the history of working on the women's business at nike you know opened up a door to come here and combine those two things uh, at the w
1: I love it. No, and I think the W is so lucky to have you. Obviously 24 years there, everything, your point of, look, you're even Canadian and you were cheering for me. So thank you very much. Oh, um, yeah. That's, yeah. you know, I was, it goes a long way. Uh, <laughs> and you had a hand in the WNBA Jersey redesign before you actually came to the league, which was a big deal a few years back.
2: It was. And I think, you know, we learned some things. When when Nike adopted the, the jersey rights for both NBA and WNBA starting in 2017, there was two paths you could have taken as, as uh, you know, that partnership. You could have just done the status quo and, and done what we've always done, and that is just get a jersey out there and, and try to do your best to sell it. Or you could rethink, you know, the jersey proposition, the construct. What is it that fans want with their jerseys? And, and, and how do we clean up the business of of jerseys and and jersey sales and that was a big opportunity that was in front of us at Nike so we learned a lot on the NBA side we then shifted that focus to taking that same model our learnings from when we launched 2017 we had a very successful launch on the NBA side in the jersey business and and really triggered a big growth result of, of, of that rethinking of our jersey construct, we applied a lot of the learnings to the WNBA because it was, again, late, but necessary to apply what our, our very best efforts against what we thought was an opportunity that was, again, maybe not as large financially, but equally or more important than on the men's side. And, and so all I did was, was share my learnings from construct and, and design ethos and give that to the design team and they came back with this amazing construct around uh, what we call the HER system, which is the, um, the heroine, the explorer, and the rebel edition. So each team now has three jerseys, Defined as the heroine jersey, that is the one that you wear when you're at home defending your turf. The Explorer jersey that was inspired by going on the road and, and capturing enemy territory, and the Rebel jersey that when you're in the right mindset, big game, big competition, you want to wear a jersey that takes you to a new a new place, mentally and emotionally. And and that was how the construct was born.
0: Mm-hmm. And the
2: designers just did a you know just a, a, an unbelievably
0: yeah.
1: uh,
2: amazing job of bringing those stories to life across all 12 franchises.
1: I love it. Yeah. And even just the way you think about that, again, why I'm so happy you're in this role now at the WNBA is like, it's not just a Jersey. You're you're really trying to understand the consumer, the athlete and stitch it together in a way that obviously moves the market. And like the timing is perfect. You know, we, you talked about, the alignment to where you've been and where you want to go with the WNBA. And, and, you know, just want to give a quick shout out. The WNBA is, as you know, experiencing really amazing, just hockey stick growth. If I can use a hockey analogy. Nice. Oh, Coming awesome. off the 25th season leagues expanded regular season of 36 games for all the 12 teams and, and raised a bunch of money, 75 million, uh, which I was proud to be a part of that raise. There's a ton of momentum behind the W right now. What did it feel like now and like, why is now the time to raise capital to go hard to really go after the, these fans of women's sports that love the W been around for, you know, 26 seasons and are invested in the product. But why is the time, like, why is the time now to like double down, raise capital and go harder? I'm sure it was part of the alert of coming to the W from Nike. You you probably sense the same thing I do.
2: Yeah, it was. It's an exciting time. You recognize the value of investing in women's sports, and it's 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 not a secret, right? This, these are sound business decisions that brands partners are making uh, in women's sports. And it's look, it's not exclusive to, to women's basketball. You see the investments that are being made across you know the entire you know breadth of of women's athletics, and and. Uh, for the W, it was just a really good time to put that opportunity out to investors to come in and be a part of of the growth that we have. And look, Kathy Engelberg is responsible for really driving the vision for where this league is going to get to. And, you know, she's her conviction and her commitment to delivering against, what is inevitable. Like we, we are going to be a successful league. We are going to continue to grow. We're going to expand, you know, the quality of play on court has never been better the impact our athletes have off the court through culture and, and purpose has never been stronger. Like we're offering a piece of, of the pie now while the momentum is there and mm-hmm. it's going to continue to grow. And, and again, sound business decisions, and you made a good business decision betting on the W and, and, you know, you won't be the last one. We have sponsors, we have partners, we have broadcast partners who all want to be part of it as well. And and we're very excited that again, we recognize the momentum. Our athletes are driving that momentum themselves. Our teams are backing us. So it's, it, it it's, it's a good time to be a part of this work for sure.
1: Obviously I agree. Uh, <laughs> and And, and it's funny, just, you know, you're familiar with the fan project and last week we released our newest report on the fan project, the growth of the women's sports community powered by the fan project, which all the data and all these reports just continues to reiterate the market is there. These fans are hungry. They spend more, they watch longer. They're, they're hungry for more merch. You gotta, you can't lift and shift the men's model. And, but, but to your point, this isn't unique to women's sports. This is like you need capital to grow, to invest in the right strategies, to, to transform the industry from an events-based business to a digital media ecosystem. Yeah. So you can touch fans everywhere in the world. And I want to touch on that a little bit because sure. you know that's your that's your your expertise, really trying to help this league now go from and, and give your fans that are passionate and want to spend money and want to spend more time and get access to the athlete, talk about. Low-hanging fruit and the some of the immediate opportunities for the W to really connect to the consumer, connect to the fans, and things that you you as the CMO are, are most excited for.
2: Boy, the list is long. Um, <laughs> again, there is a lot of low-hanging fruit, right? It's we couch everything kind of through one one phrase. We want to make it easier to be a fan of the WNBA, mm-hmm. right? Let's just start there. So. know a lot of it is awareness we need to inform we need to educate our our existing fans you know how do you how do you engage with us how do you consume our game you know how do you how do you watch can you wager on it how do I buy a jersey and we want to put that front and center our fan deserves an easier experience when they want to demonstrate their fandom with us at the same time we want to open up the opportunity against you know some of the engagements that are existing in other sport platforms and and they can have the same experience within ours so we have a mm. fantasy league this year for the first time ever and cool. for those who play fantasy sports it's a tremendously engaging platform for you to connect to your favorite sport connect your favorite athletes or teams and it's you know this is the year that we we launched ours and now you can keep playing fantasy sports throughout the mm. entire you know summer and and we think that's just you know illustrative of some of the, the opportunities that we want to give you know our existing and our and our new fans coming in. You know the wagering space is is really important and we have great partners in the wagering space to help educate and demystify you know gambling for our, our fans who may not be familiar with it. Great, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna teach you how to do it. And for those who are familiar with it, you can come do it with us, right? And there's, mm-hmm. there's a platform there. So the attraction to bring new fans in, and a lot of it is through the engagement aspect, but at the same time, we have to serve the existing fan base we have and, and again, give them opportunities to get to know their players better. So we're doing you know, greater storytelling and we're, we're partnering with platforms to share the stories of our amazing athletes, you know, who they are on court and their amazing capabilities Mm -hmm. on court, in addition to who they are off court as as individuals and and influencers in the marketplace or or, uh, influencers in, in the space of social justice. So this is, again, the low hanging fruit aspects, just just level up to where the leagues are. And that's, that's a big part of what we want to do. We want to position our league, not as, as the best women's league out there, but we want to put up our league on, on one of the best leagues there is. Yeah.
0: In
2: sport. And, and we truly believe that's where we belong. You know, we yeah. have this amazing, we're 26 years old this year. So we've, we've, we can rent a car. It's great, <laughs> you know, but we're still operating a little bit like, like we're a startup and, yeah. and, you know we're we're scrambling but we are we're starting to put the pieces together and build this longer term strategy like you mentioned earlier we've got some capital behind us and we're going to make good strategic investments we're going to be Less subjective with our with our uh, our investments and more objective. We're going to use data to help guide some of those investments and guide some of those plans as we move forward. And look, there is lots of opportunity. This sports space is is changing rapidly, but we're partnering with the right people who are able to to see the change and to help us get to where we want to get to as, as quickly as possible. And mm-hmm. and you know, partnering with again brands like the Sports Innovation Lab to to yeah. help us you know think through. You know what's coming and what's possible and, and and where we should you know make our investments and spend our time uh, bettering our league these are these are all again easy easy wins for us to to build a very sustainable and and and, and long-term venture with the with yeah. the W.
1: Well I love working with you Phil and there's just again so much opportunity here with this with the core consumer in this market and to your point of it's not subjective it's it's data driven. We found that fans of women's sports spend, on average, seven percent more on streaming services than a general sports fan. They're craving the storytelling. They want. They don't want you to just copy what the NBA is doing. They, right. they want a unique experience, and that's your challenge, I'm sure. Yeah. Tell me about, like, again, how are you thinking about the red carpet, you know, walk and the uniqueness of the W, where they really have leaned into social justice, and how do you wrap that so that? the fans that want not just the dunk and the shot and the three-pointer they're like, no, I want like the whole self of the athlete. That is the moving expectation of the fluid fan and the W's doing it. You're, you know, I know we've talked about the league pass strategy or thinking about how do we, how do we replicate what we did with the orange hoodie again? Tell me how you, how you're leaning into making the W unique outside of just like a killer fan experience, which we believe is, you know, obviously a big, a big piece of this.
2: You know, I, we have the luxury of of 144 of the world's best athletes and their willingness to be the stars of the story we want to tell,
1: hmm. which isn't always the case, but it's always the case. Right. And, and I mean, ho- we'll go back uh, to hockey. Like I'm always like, Hey guys, I, I know it's what's on the front and not on the back, but that's killing our sport. Literally like, on our sport, you gotta, right. people want to know you. They want to see you. They want right. to learn from you. They want to, they want to access you right so sorry i i really
2: no 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 it's it's right it's an emotional piece right you want to jump in like 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 how does not everyone see that Mm -hmm. our our athletes do and 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 they demand their story be told and i and i think they have every right to i think it's really important and and again we have because of, of who we are as a league and our 12 teams and our 144 athletes we're very aligned on on you know what we offer as a league Mm -hmm. you know the best basketball in the world so the the encore performance is is unmatched anywhere in the world uh we know these people are moving these athletes are moving uh culture by by how they show up like you mentioned how they show up every night if you saw our draft back in april that was a fashion show to the to the (laughs) the nth degree you saw the most, you know, stunning gowns, and then you saw the coolest streetwear and you saw everything in between. And only the W can offer that spectrum of mm-hmm. of style and culture authentically. And, and that's who they are. And, and, and these athletes are unafraid to be who they want to be in the public eye. And I think again, that gives us an advantage. Add into that, you know, their commitment uh, to social justice. Mm-hmm. And to bettering the world and to representing the underrepresented day in and day out like we have all three of those things performance culture and purpose are a part of our dna authentically and we don't have to fake it and we don't have to pretend that some have it and some don't they're all in and the 12 teams are in and the league is in and we're very supportive of each other in all three lanes and that in and of itself gives us a unique platform to tell a very broad range of stories and and Circle back to, you know, what you were saying earlier around the fan. The fan wants to be emotionally connected to something they're going to invest time Mm -hmm. and money in, Mm -hmm. right? So, look, every every two years we get to see an Olympics, and it's the human interest stories that make the Olympics, you know, the most compelling. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I'm watching a speed skater. Like I don't give a rip about a five thousand meter, but there's a story behind that speed skater and how they got to be an Olympian. You know, skating for the Netherlands uh, on a 5,000 meter you know track I'm like wow like this yep. is an amazing story I'm all I'm, I'm engaged now and and that's just you know again illustrative of 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 the opportunity that exists we have 144 of those stories to tell mm-hmm. and we have a broader spectrum than most to tell the stories mm-hmm. because we have different lanes to play in some athletes want to play in one lane and have the story told one way and others are two and three and and Again, that gives us an unlimited amount of of content because, you know, we just don't have enough avenues to tell all the stories that we want to tell, but, you know, we're trying and it's, it's, it's been an amazing journey to uncover some of those stories and to allow the athletes to be front and center. It's, it's, it's been amazing.
1: Mm, I love it. Yeah. and, And to your point earlier, I always bring up the Olympics is one of the biggest brands in the world, commands some of the biggest dollars in the world because, and they're still selling sport. But they're selling so much more. They're selling values, and that's what I hear you saying. You know, you believe one of the unique value propositions is the authenticity of these athletes, the uniqueness of, you know, their willingness to put themselves out there. Um, and it's more than just the stats, and it's the storylines that you are now investing in, and others are recognizing. So I want to flip. The stage a little bit because okay. I'd love to talk business here. The brands are recognizing this unique value proposition yep. that you talked about. So let's talk about some of your recent partnerships. I know the league made a huge splash last year when it announced Google as yeah. the next WNBA change maker to go along with, you know, AT&T, Deloitte, Nike. These are big brands that are saying, hey, this is a league we want to put our name against, put some capital into and make some money against. Like, again, this right. is a charity case. They're, they're, they're putting serious capital behind the league and the growth and the opportunity to get in front of these fans, these consumers. Yes. So tell me about, and by the way, Kate Johnson's one of my, my, my bestie faves ever. Right. At she, she's a former Olympian. So, you know, I got to yeah, get that, but it takes someone like Kate or others at these organizations, these brands to say, look, yeah, I want to be a part of this. And I see something maybe everyone else doesn't tell me about these partnerships, the change makers that are really doubling down on their investment in the W. And again, they, they see that value prop, but what do you expect to come from those partnerships to really enhance the league uh, as a result?
2: Okay, thank you. You've touched on a few brands that have really seen what's possible with, with the W, and, and, and it's a long-term strategy for them and for us. What I love about all those brands you just mentioned, Google, US Bank, Deloitte, uh, Nike, These are brands who who are bringing their best selves into our ecosystem and and helping us do better. So we're inviting them to innovate their capabilities within our league. And I think that's what makes the partnership very strong. We're inviting Google to take their best innovations and apply them to Mm -hmm. making it easier to be a fan of the W. And that's a much more inviting proposition than just slapping a logo on a basket stanchion and and getting an affinity you know connection you know this isn't about awareness this isn't about brand awareness these brands these brands are investing not only their ip but they're investing their people their innovation their time and energy into helping us do the same thing that we are trying to do that is grow the game bring greater awareness to to our platforms and our athletes bring their innovations to make it easier to be a fan and and that's what these partnerships you know that's why they're they're so valued because again, we're, we're all aligned and, and we see a longer picture than, than just a straight, you know, logo on a court. Uh, they see the growth opportunity that exists and they see how they can, how they can contribute to that growth.
1: Totally. Yeah. So shout out to all the brands, um, including Google and others that you talked about that are, that saw that we see that too, in our data, fans of women's sports, this community, I'm just going to give a plug for our data, 40% higher Community growth score than the general sports fan community, which means the WNBA community is as passionate as they come. They love to show off. There was a 185% year of year increase in shopping behavior, by the way, around WNBA merchandise in the seasons between 2019 and 2020. I'm going to keep going because I'm there's like You know this. I know this. I'm like, right? You're doing my job for me. This is great. Sm- I, I, need, I need to take this and just roll, just roll tape. No, but it, this the shopping behavior. They're spending money. I mean, again, we're seeing this momentum score, this growth score. These are these are big indicators that say, look, this property is growing. The brands are investing now, and to your point, they're not just slapping a logo. They're they're building capabilities. They're building. Ways to connect to the fan, which I love, and that's you know a lot of the work that you do, Phil. So I just want to commend you on that. And you have to think strategically across you know these growth areas. One partnership that uh, does stand out to me in some ways because it's across all sports, but your latest deal with uh, Coinbase, crypto, like that's that's a new thing. We're all talking about it on you know the Fluid Fan and the fan project and everything we do with that sports innovation where we're like, all right, what's going on with crypto? Um, Tell me about that. Why, how it came to be and, and why it's important to the league.
2: Crypto is, is an example of, you know, the league playing in in the big leagues, if you will. This is, this is tech and innovation at the highest level these days. And this is to your point, this is something everyone's talking about. Um, There's a bit of, of demystification that needs to take place in this space, but they seem to think, you know, and, and, and they believe, that, that, the W can help, you know, land their brand and connect their brand to our audience. And, and, you know, in particular, they are, they are a presenting sponsor of our commissioner's cup, which is our in-season competition. It's a big part of, again, our brand identity as a league. We are the only league right now that runs an in-league competition or in-season competition like this. And Coinbase sees the value of, of that innovative platform to put their innovative brand on. and, and, you know they're they're adding to the value of that of that competition. They're bringing recognition. They're also supporting it, and and again, they're aligning their innovation and their technology into helping make that event better. And and we love it. It's it's again partners like Coinbase that are going to continue to flourish by understanding ways to help make our league better, help make mm-hmm. our athletes more known, and. Uh, their capability, you know, in promoting and, and driving awareness of Commissioner Scott is a big part of, of the success of it.
1: Awesome. Congrats on that deal. Um, I, I downloaded, by the way, my first uh, Dapper Labs uh, oh. NFT for the W. I'm, I'm okay. getting into it. So I'm I'm now holding, you know, I'm trying to get my collectible game on. So between like the crypto market and wallet
2: yeah, my
1: wallet's going, um, they do give you the option, by the way, is it crypto or is it cash? And yeah. for those of us that are still figuring out the crypto space, I'm studying it, but I haven't quite dove into it. Ah, okay. So you're, you're, you're the cash probably. was easy for me. I was yeah, like, oh, that's easy. I got cash. Here you go. I'll, I'll buy some NFTs. Um, you anyway, I'm having a little fun on the side here. Yeah. All right. I got to give a stat. on yeah. I, I, just, I, I, I always use this stat, by the way, not just for this pot. I'm always using this stat. Last yeah. summer, Fan Project, we looked at viewership in an isolated period, August. And September, 2020, again, everyone was home because of COVID. Um, We looked at quality of viewership. So nearly half of all households, 41% watched some form of women's sports during that period. And when we looked at it, fans watch only on average, 46% of an NBA playoff game during that period, but they watched on average 58% of a WNBA regular season game. So I was like, they're watching longer, even though it's not the playoffs. And again, that was just a striking difference for me because yeah. it shows again the the depth over breadth. And that's a big thing we talk about. The communities that we're building. And they're these we call them food fans, but they're like the avid fans. T- so yeah. walk me through your perception of how the fan base has evolved. They still feel very hungry to me. They they sell you sell out the orange hoodie. They're watching longer per the statistic compared yeah. to the NBA. Like tell me about the avidity, the to the, take it. the fan base. Like they love what they're buying. Um, maybe they're a smaller sample size, yes, but they're buying more and they're watching longer. Tell me your perception in in the role so far today.
2: Okay. I'm gonna be a little supportive right. All right, that's your but, opinion. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think there's an emotional connection that spans just the game right just the, the pure performance like our athletes with us if you love hoop watch w nba basketball and you're going to be impressed with the quality of play on the court every single night it doesn't matter who's playing it is amazing basketball and but i think part of that fan base you know and the depth of that fan base engagement is because you're emotionally invested with the athletes because mm-hmm. of what they represent and how their values Align with your own. Hmm. And, and I think that's a big part of, uh, that's how you demonstrate the support back then in 2020, you, you couldn't go watch a game because we were in a bubble. Right. Yep. So, but I, I'm not going to miss a game because these athletes are meaningful to me. I need to let it get to know them a little better because they're doing some remarkable things off the court. Yeah. I, I understood that they, they have to be the best in the world, but look what they're doing off the court. I'm, totally. I'm now, I'm now emotionally connected to them because I want to, I want to support what they're doing, or I do support what they're doing. And, and they are just like me in that aspect. And I think that's enough to get people to connect longer and deeper and more meaningfully totally. and, and, and the way, you know, you mentioned the orange hoodie, like, we're the only league in the world where the league brand is greater has a greater, you know, sell through rate than any team or player. I so- don't know what when- that does I, that. I agree and,
1: no no one well, cares about the league you know the, the league mark the league ip no, doesn't but,
2: resonate and but yeah. ours it does and when you wear an orange yeah. hoodie you are standing for more than yeah. just great basketball you're standing for what the w stands yeah. for that is hoop culture and purpose and yeah.
1: and that social justice mission driven yeah. campaigns i mean we, right. we saw pur- purpose-led conversations around Granite Taylor, Black Lives Matter movement last year, Jacob two years Blake, ago.
2: All these that, things, right? Yeah. It, it's, look, these athletes are, are, are doing double duty. They're mm-hmm. working their butts off every day to hoop. And then, you know, when they're not on the court, they're taking the time to express their point of view on, on voting rights yep. and on Black Lives Matter. and totally. And how do you not give them your time? Yeah. Right. And, and the question is, why was it only? No. 50% of people and they are only watching 56%. Like, like these are
1: mm-hmm.
2: these are as good individuals as you're gonna find, I think, in sport and culture. And I'm not surprised that the numbers are where the numbers are.
1: Yeah. Surely. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Our data showed massive spikes around the conversation, which mirrors again the fluid fan research, which says yeah. fans follow values, and you are absolutely really a values-based organization you want to align a lot of these fans are aligning themselves for who you are. And, and I think that's fantastic. Your point of like the Olympics, like, I don't know speed skating, but I love the story. Or maybe, maybe they don't love, they didn't, they didn't come in loving basketball, but they're like, I love what the league represents. Now I'm going to buy right. basketball. Now I'm going to go to a right. game. Right. And again, I just want to commend you, Phil, the, between your leadership, Kathy's leadership, the capital you have now, and now the you're just positioned to capitalize on this wave of, social change, grow influence, um, both at the local and kind of the, the global digital communities as you invest. So there's a lot, right. there's a lot ahead. Give me one last prediction on where, where the W is headed. And then I want to get into some questions with you individually. Where, where's the W headed? If you could wave a magic wand, is there an exciting opportunity around expansion, tech partners, anything on the athlete side that, that you would love to think big? I don't know, 20, 20 sure. 30 years from now.
2: Hey, look, I, I think, you know, obviously expansion is an easy one. And it's it's, you know, this spectrum of time, it's it's imminent, right? It's 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 a few years away. And and where and, and how many, we're we're not quite sure, but it's coming. Um, in 20 years, I see us being an international league. I'm gonna just pie in the sky some stuff. Our athletes are very comfortable playing totally. overseas, right? Mm-hmm. We have we have, you know, 40, 50, 60 of them play overseas every single off season. So, you know, why wouldn't? Why couldn't the WNBA have an outlet, you know, have a have a, a co-league over, over in Europe, you know, that plays in the spring and then they come back here in the in the summer and, and finish off their season? Yeah. I think that's a possibility. I think um, you know, globalizing the game with athletes, I think as basketball continues to grow in countries around the world and, and you look at Asia, you look at Africa, I could see our league really being a true representation of of the globe in terms of, in terms of athletes on the court, which would be amazing. And, you know, I think, you know, hopefully sooner than later, you know, there's no experience around any sport in, in the US or, or in Europe that you couldn't get with the W through uh, an engagement, whether it be how you watch the data that's captured, your wagering or investment capabilities, you know, your access to it on, uh, you know, ease of access through either streaming or broadcast like like we we will be a major sports league in this world, not just the best women's sports. we will be a major contributor to the sports ecosystem sooner than later. And, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to lead some areas. Right. And, totally. and that's what we're going to that's what it's going to take to get there not waiting for others to try and then learn. And then and then we do our version of it. I think we need to get in front of some of these innovations and some of these ideas, get there first and have the rest of the sports world follow us.
1: I love it. Lead, lead, don't follow. Lead, don't follow. W- women are going to lead. I think we're hundred. right now. We're not there. Let's be realistic. We're not right. there. We don't have the capital, but it's, we're slowly, people are starting to wake up and go, huh. These consumers nice. want more. They're spending more. They're watching longer. They're hungry. They align to who they are. The fans are accessible. Hey, you got all the ingredients over there, W. So, I'm right, right, Let's We're go. Taking it so long. We're all taking to solo. All right, it so part, long, right? Give, yeah. pick up a, pick up your phone or your email. Send send a note to Phil. Uh, I'm sure he'd love to explore new new, yep. new opportunities. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's right. I don't get any emails ever. So
1: yeah, I would I welcome. One. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Yeah, I know you're a busy guy. All right, I want to learn about you now. Oh you have, boy. Couple quick segments that the first one for me is you know, so much of success of any organization is about the individual leading the organization. I call it the corporate Olympian segment because, oh boy, right? You got to like boom, boom. So, a little rapid fire, teach those of us that are, you know, share your wisdom. Favorite quote and why? First one,
2: you know what? This is really weak. I don't have a quote. Uh, yes, like, you do.
1: I don't.
2: And, and, do, okay, and, okay, do,
1: okay, do this then. But, do this but, one,
2: but, but no, but I have this. I have an approach. I'm a marketer. So I have an approach to marketing yeah. and, and, you, and you can call it a quote, run to the idea and walk through the execution. Hmm. So often as marketers, we walk to the idea and we run and we, we panic. And then the time is up.
1: Hmm.
2: I really, really implore my team, get to the idea immediately. And then let's just walk through it to do it great.
1: Yeah. So I love that.
2: Run to the idea, huh. run, walk through right. the execution.
1: So it's good. Then that's a, okay. now Phil Cook. Like okay, great. At the end, you've, you've created a quote. I love it. <laughs> a yeah. It's a great, great one. Gone. All right. Uh, what's your favorite failure?
2: Oh God. Um. I went down a path at Nike uh, when we launched the the, the uniforms in um, 2017. At Nike, the the consumer uniforms that we were putting at the marketplace had what we call a connected. Uh, chip in it. It was a passive chip that we sewed into every single garment. Uh, we spent millions of dollars at Nike. Um,
1: this is for the hockey jerseys for twenty. No, the basketball. Jersey. Basketball, 20, sorry, because I remember 20. hockey. I was looking at yeah the chip you had in the hockey jersey. I was like, this is cool. Okay, you're talking about basketball, right. Basketball
2: jerseys, uh, NBA, because we we had to we had to land the partnership with the bank. So we put this this passive chip in every single and and when you literally took your phone and you tapped on your jersey it took you to a website oh and the, and the I content, love that. it was unbelievable i right? love that it, and, but the behavior of tapping your jersey was so foreign uh, and the only thing you ever tapped your phone on was our jersey there's nothing else in the world It was
1: like before it, your it was time. way
2: before i had time but you know it it was a spectacular failure in yeah. that we spent all our money building the capabilities and 0 dollars telling the consumer that it was either in there or how to activate it mm. and it was you know here's another quote we were great hunters and lousy gatherers we spent all our time <laughs> hunting down the idea and then we got it and then oh, we walked yeah. away from it we had no no That's no support funny. so it only lasted a few years and yeah. and I, I you know i now i come to this side of the uh, the equation working on the league side and uh i'm often reminded from people around here mm-hmm. about hey do you remember yeah i remember vividly that that yeah, i was there <laughs> a lot of nike's
1: money on something that was amazing it's funny that, Wait, that, you that know sale. you you know josh walker my co-founder we, yeah for sure we, that example used to be in all of our decks and we were getting pretty we were like I, look at this thing it's so cool it's different God, but it yeah. was
2: so cool it, and we worked so hard. And there was only six of us in the whole company who believed in it. And the other yeah. 10,000 people in Nike are like, whatever, not going to work. Okay. Like, no, no, no,
1: it's going to work. You got to park the capability and wait for the consumer to catch up. Right. Yeah. 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 All and right. Give me, a, give me a piece of leadership advice. Open-ended. I believe
2: very much in, in empowering my team to do their best work and stay out of their way. Mm. Right. I hire really smart, capable people. Who have a skill set that I don't have, and I make sure I, I'm, I don't hire like people, I hire people who fill the gaps that I, I have in my capabilities, and then I let them do their job.
1: Yep, like it. As we're all, you know, working crazy hours and trying to juggle life and pandemics, and yeah. how, do you, how do you recharge? Oh, well. Um, or, or do you or not? Maybe I do. No,
2: no, no. And it, it is it's 100% focused on my family. Uh, I have an amazing mm-hmm. family, um, my wife, Kate, my two boys, Anderson and Nathan, and they are my my balancing act you know, mm-hmm. to the stress of work. They've been very supportive um, throughout my my career and with the move from Oregon to, to the East Coast, not easy on them. So my recharge is spending time with him. And, mm. you know, my my son, Nathan, 12-year-old kid, phenomenal athlete. Nothing makes me happier than going out and throwing batting practice or taking shots with him in the backyard. And my son, Anderson, is a, just a gifted musician. And I love watching him perform because that's his best self. So mm. to do that with Kate, nothing makes me happier and recharging my batteries better than mm. that. I
1: love it. I love it. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. We're going to, I'm going to close with uh, four questions with four. Do you know why? I, I'm going to quiz you. Why do I call no. it four with four? You're probably one of the only people in the world that might know this.
2: Okay. You're four you're,
1: questions with four, but <laughs> your, your hockey,
2: no, your hockey number. Um, yes.
1: <laughs> that was number four. You Cause you, 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 got it. Um, thank yeah. you, Phil. And, and, and like...
2: Were you captain?
1: Yeah. I was one of the assistants for th- two Olympics for four i played in four but four yeah
2: yeah, yeah. i know i know you played yeah. in four.
1: yeah you know i got gotcha. you all right four world championships i was the fourth woman in the hockey hall of fame four just, just seems to just follow me around you were the
2: fourth so, woman in the hockey hall of fame
1: i was the fourth woman yeah
2: who was it cammy was she in there before you
1: cammy geraldine heaney and cammy? angela james
2: oh i didn't know okay
1: wow yeah. Yeah. nice balance Cam- of, of, cammy of, gave of, me the plaque she was the i was the she? second American.
2: Yeah, good. Congratulations. Still
1: waiting for the third American. We've got a, quite a few Canadians in there. I'm Who's sure. Next? Happy. Who's next? You're Who's next in Well, list? I think Hillary Knight will yeah. definitely get in. She's sort sure. of a no-brainer. It's yeah, just said, winning. You got to win a gold. Right. It, you got to have that to get in. Like, and there were such a wave of solvers on the U.S. American side. So, yeah. I mean, I would love to see. I don't know. I, Hillary's a no-brainer. She's got to yeah, get Hillary's in. But you got to wait. You got to wait five years. So, yeah, that's that's where my Hopefully money. She
2: changed is. the game. The way she she, she plays the game. I I think she was a game changer in her, her speed, her size, her capability.
1: And I played with her. I overlapped one Olympics. I remember uh, she was like, I called her baby Huey. She was like a big kid that was like, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed. And and I was like, Hillary, the second you figure out how good you are, you're going to just crush it. And she crushed it. She figured it out probably around 2013, I would say. Anyway. All right. Rapid fire. Yep. Four with four. What does innovation mean to you? This is all about innovation.
2: Taking risks with the unknown.
1: All right. Who's an innovative person in our industry, sports or outside? Because you know you got your Nike background. Maybe there's someone else you Casey Wasserman. Very nice. Most innovative company in the sports tech space. Maybe a partner or someone that you think has built a really cool capability, or you know, like a company like Sports Innovation. I'm mean, just saying. I no, was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> company. Who, who are you following? This is hard. I know I'm putting you on the spot. It is hard. Yeah, pick no, it, it's, favorite it's, child, but like.
2: Right. Look, I think Dapper Labs is doing some amazing things only because they unlocked something in, in sport that was just to this day, like five years later, still hard to understand. So that that tells me that they're, they all just go Dapper Labs. It's an easy one.
1: Love it. I would agree. They're, they're doing some cool things. All right. Last one. Most innovative league team federation property. Can't say the W.
2: I'm going to say who's going to end up being the most innovative.
1: Mm, I like this one.
2: The PGA tour.
1: Do you think it's because of yes, live golf? They've got competition Uh, suddenly.
2: A hundred percent. So they got to step it up. They need to rethink their model. Yeah. And they have the war chest to do it. Yeah. And I I think, I think they have a little friendly. That wants to figure it out. Yeah. Uh,
1: Good competition. Yeah,
2: And, And look, yeah. The tech and innovation that they're using just to consume the game. I love golf. Yeah. I love watching golf on TV. What they've been able to do with things like shot tracker and whatever,
1: mm-hmm. kind of
2: what MLB is doing with with launch angles and 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 you know ball speed and everything else. I, I like making it easy to be a fan, making it easy yeah. to understand. And then I can go and take that data and match it against my own. I can go and and I find that innovative because yeah. it connects me totally to the game. I better understand just how good those guys mm-hmm. are. To me, that's innovation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Most sports are hard to really appreciate the extent of the athleticism at play, but in golf, you can, you, with these technology partnerships, um, do you say like not only access the athlete, but make it part of relatable and, and, and use technology to build communities. I mean, everything we talk about is community-based monetization model. How do you understand your communities, your fan base? And, um, but yeah, I love that. I, I, I think it's really interesting. I remember, you know, you know, the rivalry I had with Canada. I always say that's yeah. that made me a better hockey player. Like I had a maple leaf for in the sure. My head, I'm like, I'm going to kick their ass when I'm back up there. <laughs> I'm sure, but, I'm sure PG is like, let's go. If we got to, we got to step it up.
2: They have to, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be at some point sponsorship dollars and broadcast dollars and everything are going to come into play. It's not yeah. there yet with live, but they're coming, and I think, you know it's going to take one or two more athletes to bleed out to, to live. And then, and then they are, they are, they're going to have to change. And I, am yep. I, I think they will. I, I truly think, mm. look, I just watched what, what one organization like Augusta national does around the masters and, and how they've innovated themselves uh, around presenting a golf tournament. I think, you know, the PGA tour is going to take that times 10 and, and really yeah. do some amazing things in golf.
1: Yep. Yeah. All right. I love it. All right. Before we wrap Tell us about the All Star Weekend. It's coming up. Yeah. A few days. What's what to expect? Who to watch? What's what's your take on the the day days events? And uh, yeah. And we'll we'll be done.
2: Look, I think it's a great All Star game this week. We've got you know two retiring players who are there: Sue Bird, uh, I think it's her thirteenth All Star uh, nomination. Nineteen years in the league. Uh, Sylvia Fowles, uh, two of our pillars of the league are are, are going to be there playing. At the same time, we've got, you know, three brand new uh, first time All-Stars who are going to be super excited to run around the court with the game's best. Um, so that in and of itself is, is compelling, um, you know, watching. Uh, it's going to be competitive. These athletes, they don't take a day off. They don't take an All-Star game off. It's, they're going to want to win. So that's going to be a lot of fun. The game itself. We have, you know, the day before All-Star on the Saturday We've got three-point competition and skills competition with, uh, you know, our, our best shooters and and uh, handlers of the ball. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, all of it on ESPN. We got, you know, tremendous coverage coming with ESPN. And then on the ground in Chicago, we've got a WNBA live event. So for the first time ever, we're going to have an experiential opportunity for fans in Chicago to come in and, know, get to know the WNBA a little bit better. And we're going to have some some great sponsors and, and partner brands down there with us on the ground. Uh, the trophy will be there. We'll have some panels. There'll be some music. It's, it's going to be a great cultural, fun event. And it really is a celebration of the league. We're really going to, you know, mm-hmm. take the time to celebrate the athletes and the fans themselves to, you know, take a pause halfway through our season and then come out of All-Star and get ready for the second half and, you know, quickly into Commissioner's Cup and then playoffs. So we have you know, some, some great basketball coming for the last few months of the summer that we're very, very excited to promote.
1: Awesome. Well, I'll be there. Can't wait for Chicago this weekend. I'll see you. Phil, thank you so much for your Uh, wisdom. Phil Cook, CMO of the WNBA for sharing uh, your time with me on the Fluid Fan Podcast.
2: Thanks so much, Angela. I really appreciate the opportunity to come in and and share some time and uh, happy to come back anytime.
1: All right. Huge thanks to Phil Cook for coming on the show today. Uh, I know the W's in great hands in my investment, by the way, Uh, (laughs) with leaders like Kathy Engelbert and Phil driving the train. um, No surprise, the league has gained so much momentum over the last few years. And uh, I'm personally excited to see where this league will head. I'm I'm very bullish, as you know.
0: Yeah, that was an amazing interview. Phil, obviously super personable. You could hear it coming through. And he had two quotes that jumped out to me that, uh, you know, if you stayed through to the end, you heard one of them. But there was one around. Creating a better experience for the fans, and he said the league needs to inform and engage in order to, you know, help fans consume the WNBA's content to a higher degree. And then the other was uh, a good one from, you know, the marketing angle. I always like to take a look at, and he said you have to run to the idea and walk through the execution. I thought those two quotes were were jumping out at me throughout the conversation.
1: Yeah, I lo- the the latter one I loved in yeah. particular. I'm like, you're totally right. Like, just make a decision. And then execute. It's all about. Ex- I mean, I'm, I live in startup space. It's all about execution. So I loved the way that he phrased that. No, I'm excited. So if you haven't, again, reminder: WNBA All Star Weekend is in Chicago. The game is on Sunday at 1 p.m. local. So tune in. Uh, get your league pass. Download your league pass. You're like, hey, I loved what I heard. I want to watch these ladies. Go to league pass. You'll be able to find it there.
0: Yeah, and while you're there, Ange, we talked a little bit about
1: expansion, maybe drop the city of
0: Boston as a potential location. <laughs> we could maybe get some Liberty and uh, Sun rivalries via the, the Boston connection. So just plant the seed. I know it's all a right, little bit right. off in the distance, but who knows?
1: Hey, might as well. I yeah. mean, that would be fun. I'd go to, I'd go to every game if I could.
0: Yeah. There's a little arena about five minutes down the road from my apartment that I know would love to host some women's basketball. So yeah. Right. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. If you want to get a behind the scenes, look at WNBA all-star weekend. I'll be posting some content for my channels. Check me out on Insta or Twitter and Jack lay down the, where are we going? What's what's next for sports innovation lab?
0: Ooh, I mean, you can follow the company handles as always at sports. I lab uh, on Twitter or Instagram. And then we have uh, a new report coming out with Extreme Networks we produced in collaboration with them. So that's gonna be coming up pretty soon. Be on the lookout for that. Should be uh, promoting that next week. And then friendly reminder, we have a report on sustainability we made with our friends at Dow. So that's out now, you can go download that. So go to reports uh, at Sports Island. that'll
1: be our next podcast on sustainability.
0: Yes, yeah, we have Chris Chandler from Dow coming on the show. So uh, he'll be breaking down that report, as well as some of the other big initiatives Dow has, and a little preview into the Great Bay Lakes Invitational, the LPGA event in Michigan that's coming up next week. So uh, we'll have that for you on the docket next week.
1: All right. Uh, Really excited for this one. Uh, Thanks again, Jack, to my listeners, uh, everyone at home uh, for tuning in to the Fluid Fan Podcast. We'll see you next time.